0: Rabbi Shaya, good morning. A good night, Erev Shabbos. Erev Shabbos, Kaidish, Pashas, Shin, Pei, Aleph. Erev Shabbos, Kaidish, where we're getting uh, close to the beginning of the three weeks with the fast day of the 17th of Tammuz, which is the beginning of the three weeks of Paranias, where we bemoan the, the siege around Yushalayim and the eventual falling of the walls and the destruction of the Vesam HaMikdash. And we hope and we pray and we daven that this year there should be a Venahafachu, we should be Zaychim Yitzhashem to the binyan Vesam Migdash, Meher of Yamein, O Amen, O This Erev Shabbos uh, podcast, Devar Torah, as we always say, we try to look for Devichizuk. It's going to be two parts. And we try to give stories, but we cannot uh, leave aside the fact that there was a tremendous tragedy in Kalah the collapse of a condominium in Florida, and many, many people are missing at this point, and people have died, and many, some of them are hidden, many of them are hidden. And it's really beyond description to comprehend the collapse of such a an event and such a building, and we continue to see a makkah after another makkah, which we realize HaKadosh Baruch Hu is trying to be Ma'iras, is trying to arouse us. And we hope when we pray and we daven that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who is the manik, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge, he should bring Rafuas and yeshuas to all of the families. We should be zaycha, that there should be an end to all the tragedies. And we should be zaycha to simchas. In the end, we have to realize that we we live this life that we're living now, and we have to try to grab onto as many simchas as we can, and we have to be Meshabe HaKadosh Baruch for all the simchas. I myself have returned from being in the, in the United States of America from uh, simchas of Talmidim, and uh, we were Zorcha last night, the Rebison and myself, to a great simcha in our lives, the marriage of a grandson, and it was a beautiful simcha, and all we can say is, on all of the tavis that he has done for us, and we hope and we pray and we dab that it, should, it should extend to all of Kla Yisrael. This week's parish is parish's bullock. In the second part, we, we discuss why we uh, name a parish after a russia who tried to destroy us, Ayn Sham. We know the two. Contestants and this week's parasha, bullock and Bilam, and uh, the Mepharshim say that if you scrabble the letters of the of the two names over here, you have within it the concept of Bol, a Bovel, and you also have Amalek. The words, the letters which bring out Amalek, and this is really the power of Amalek. The power of Amalek is the power of Svek, the power of not having certainty, Bilbo, which is confusion. And this also speaks about the time period that we're in and the time period that we know is going to take place before Mashiach comes. It's going to be tremendous confusion, tremendous fakas, tremendous doubts. And what's the power that we have in order to combat the doubts? So the blessing that we receive in this week's parasha, which we get from Bilam, and you'll take a look, we say a beautiful pshat, Why? We received that bracha from Bilaam in the second part of this podcast, but the main thing is the words which he says, "Matovu Alecho Yaakov Mishkan Osecho Yisrael." How beautiful! How, wonder, how, how 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 good are the tents of Yaakov, the dwelling places of Klal Yisrael? And we know this is not only what Rashi says because the houses were a lot, were in a position that it was tsneius, and they didn't look into each other's homes. But also, this is what we say, and this is the Kayak of the Bata Kinesias and the Bata medrashas, The Bata Kinesias and the Bata medrashas, the places where we go to, to gather together, to daven, to thank Hashem and to plead to Hashem, that's the places of the tefillah and the Bata medrashas, which are the seats of learning, where we learn the Holy Torah. And in those places, there is no bilbil. In those places there are no doubts. In those places, there, we don't have the Koyach kind of Bilbul and Amalek. Bilam, we see that he was a Navi. And uh, it's interesting that when he has having discussions with Balak, so he uses uh, a hidden language, so to speak. He says, well, if you'll give me uh, all the gold, I can't go against... The words of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and really, what he was saying is, I really want to have a lot of gold and a lot of silver, and um, so we see that he has the covet, he has the the, the taiva for monetary possessions, and um, what does Balak tell him? Balak tells him, "No, I'm going to give you much much honor, right? That's what he tells him." They're almost speaking two different languages. It's like a secret language. And the truth is that Balak was not planning on giving any money to Bilaam, but he's trying to entice him with power, with, with covet, with honor. And these are the attributes, not the attributes, but these are the, the symbols of what the Chazal tell us, Hakina kinah va-taivah, va adam olam and this is what we see, all they can talk about, the Umas Olam is covered, honor and Kesef, which is the concept of Taiva. And umaze, we have, not to be from the Talmidim of Bilaam, but to be from the Talmidim of Abram Avinu. Abram Avinu, which is the Midah of Chesed, and the Midas of Emes. Now, the truth is, a very strange thing, that Balak, uh, that Bilaam says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is asking him, right, um, who, you know, what's going on over here? So, you know, uh, these people are coming to you. So um, Balak, so Bilaam says, um, Balak, he gives a whole description of who he is. Balak, the son of Tzipur, the Melech of Mayav. Right? Baruch says, Who are these people? And, and Rashi says, he says, Even though I'm not considered honorable in your eyes, But I'm considered in front of the malachim, I'm considered in front of their eyes, I'm considered chashif. What was this discussion? You know, like, first of all, we know, we knew exactly what was going on. As Rashi says, he was trying to trick him, right? Um, he thought, he thought that no, Baruch Hu doesn't these things all the time. So therefore he can really curse Klai Yisrael. But really Kaddish Baruch Hu really was just leading him on. Oh, this is where you want to go? You want to try to trick me? We'll see how you're going to trick me. Kaddish can't be tricked. But what was the concept that he was telling him that, you know, they, they give me honor and you, you don't give me honor. So I saw B'Shem... The Rashiv of Baltimore, Yaakov Yitzchok Ruderman, Zechot whose um, yard site was yesterday, the Rebbe of my father. And he says, it seems to be that in these uh, tainas, really, Bilam was trying to reflect upon why he should be allowed to curse Kalah He was looking for a power, a kayach, a kayach taina, to be able to taina to HaKadosh that Kalah deserves to be cursed. Because he's using the, using the power of curse that can only go through the power of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So what was Balak saying? Balak was saying to Hakadosh Baruch Hu that look at look at the difference between my nevius and Moshe Rabbeinu's nevius. Moshe Rabbeinu was the navi, as the pasuk says, navi be like Moshe Rabbeinu. And Chazal darshin that's only in Klal Yisrael. Ava we do find, and that's Bilam. So Bilam is the the antithesis, the opposite, the anti Moshe Rabbeinu. But he's a Navi. So what he was saying is like this: Klal Yisrael, they don't give cover to Moshe Rabbeinu. We see by the of Kairach. We see by the Mesleinim. They're always they're always looking for ways in order to bring down Moshe, but to bring down his honor. But by us, it's not like that. I'm considered you know, like the Pope. Everyone looks up to me. Everyone gives me respect. It says over here by Kaddosh Baruch Hu, I might not be chashev in your eyes, but look who comes to me. They give me cover. They give me honor. L'charid is really a good taina. So what is does answer to this? The answer is the Baruch Hu says that the only reason why they're giving you cover is because they want to get something from you. They have an agenda. And therefore they don't care what you're going to say as long as it fits into their agenda. And they give you honor only because you're going to follow through what they want to hear. But Moshe Rabbeinu is Moshe Emes with Teyosh Emes. Moshe Rabbeinu is the Koch of Emes. And therefore he tells Chlal Yisro what they need to have told to them. Even if it's going to be difficult for them to accept it. But if this is the right thing, so then HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to what? And therefore, the, the Klai Yisrael is going to eventually come around to it, and this is what really we follow through throughout the entire uh, parsha. We see that the it's really a question of the conflict between the Kohech Emes and the Kohech HaSheker. Bilam is the Kohech HaSheker. Everything is Sheker. He he says he doesn't want money. He really wants money. Balak says, oh I'll give you whatever you want but really I'll, all he's willing to give him is, giving, is give him honor and the tiniest that Bilam has is that I'm, I get respect well that's only because you don't tell the emmes all you tell is the sheker and as soon as you're not going to what to give them what you want then as it says later on in the Parsha the Balak says to him, you're banished you're gone, you're forgotten with because you didn't, you didn't complete what we wanted you to complete We find a similar thing that the Medrash says that the Aton, the donkey that Bilaam was riding on, and eventually he gets to a place with his krumim and with his Gedorim, and the Aton sees the Malachim with the Kerev, and he opens up his mouth, and he says, why are you hitting me three times? I was so loyal to you. And Bilam screams back to him, I would kill you if I could. And um, all of a sudden then HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals the Malach with the Cherev. And then all of a sudden he changes his tone. The Medjah says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't give the power of speech to the animal kingdom except in this particular event. And the Medjah says, why didn't HaKadosh Baruch Hu give the power to Behemoth's? Because if the power were to be given to behemoths, no one would be able to withstand their chastisement. A behemoth would get up, and behemoth would give musar, and the 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 the, the other, and the master wouldn't be able to stand up to those words. So, you know, over here we see a similar thing that Bilam, in the other, in this particular instance, he had to stand up, and he had to uh, admit what the what the animal was saying was true. So the stipler says. The reason is because if the power was given to the behemoths, then all the behemoths, kayach, is a kayach of speaking. They don't, have, they don't speak sheker. Man speaks sheker. Man has all different kinds of diverse reasons why he says things. He has an agenda. But the behemoth has no agenda. He says, the emis kule And therefore, said, if I would have been given the power of speech to the behemoths, then no man would be able to withstand their the upbraiding that they would give to us because they say the truth and nothing but the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth while well, man unfortunately says sheker says divrei sheker and that's why the mid, the, the major says la and on the, on the days of tukacha, on the final days and the major says a interesting lesson that kavah if the the bilam was not able to stand up to the pahasen how much more so than we're going to have when we're going to have to stand in front of a Baruch Hu, we're not going to have proper answers for our actions. So what is the, what's the Hashva? We're standing in front of a Baruch, Baruch Hu, is so much greater than the, than the Aton, than the animal which of, of the donkey of, of, of Bilam. The answer is no. At that moment, the Aton opened its mouth and it said, emes. It said words of truth and Billam was not able to withstand them. The same fashion is going to be in Love, but we have to realize that we're also going to have to stand up in front of HaKadosh Baruch emes, and there we're going to have to be able to say answers. I saw Gavaldi gaval This week is the art of the great Rosh Hashiva, of the Mir Yeshiva Reblazi, Yehuda Finkel, the great-great-grandfather of the present, a Finkel, the present Rosh Hashiva Reblazi, Yehuda Finkel was the father of the Reb Chaim he was the son of the Alta of Eslabotka. And even though I was not Zohar to, to, to meet him in his lifetime, and I've heard so many stories about him, I saw some fantastic stories, him, which I want to share with you. Rebbe Leiz Yehuda was a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, tragedy. The altar's son, uh, he was sent to be from the 14 uh, students to start the yeshiva other the Rebbe Zalman Meltzer. He learned by the briskarov himself was a tremendous masmid. He learned by the Chofetz Chaim. And when he was learning in, in, in Raden, he used to get letters from his father, who used to sign it in Svi. And one of the things that the Mashkiach of Raden said, Marshal Anderinsky says that he, he saw one of the letters, and the letter said to his son, he says, whenever you have a question about Hanhaga, what you should do, or you should always contemplate yourself. What kind of decision would I make on the last day of my life? That's the only way you can make decisions. You, the last day of your life, a person has full understanding that his days are at, are near and he's going to go to the Olam Emmas. I mean, then you're going to make the right decision. That's the concept of Emmas, making the true decisions. That's the way a person has to live his life. And this is the life that that lived. Listen to this unbelievable thing. Herblazio Yehuda, when he was in Rotten, it was cold and it was the winters in, in Russia and Poland. And the altar did not have money to give him proper shoes. So his shoes were 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 threadbare. And he was... uh, He wasn't able... So he decided that he's going to try to make some money. What did he do? He tutored some talmidim in the yeshiva in order to raise money, in order to get a good pair of boots. And by the end uh, of that time, he was able to get six rubles, which was a tremendous amount, which he could have used to buy a good pair of boots. But when he got the six rubles... What did he do? He went and he um, he he gave it out to six of the top talmidim in the yeshiva. In return, he asked that they should they should teach him six new chidushi Torah that they were machadish. Each one should be machadish. Tell him a chidush in Torah, and he used the money in order to get chidushi Torah. It's an unbelievable thing. Instead of using it for boots, he used it for Torah. Later on in life, it was Yuduah that Rebbe Lez Yehuda would pay Tamid HaChemim Yerushalayim, Yungalait, he would pay them good money if they would tell him a good Dvar Torah, a good Shtikl Torah, and he would be able to retain those Dvar Torah. And Rebbe Chaim used to say, that was an amazing thing, that Rebbe Lez Yehuda always had money for the Yeshiva, he always had money to give to Avreichim for Chidusha Torah, he had no problems because gave him a shef-arav. And Reb Chaim said it was meter connected meter because he gave up when he was young, his 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 six ruble for tayra. said, Ah, when a person understands there's no greater joy and there's no greater MS than tayra than a kol going to, to 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 supply him with the needs when he needs it. When he was sick in the hospital in his last in the, the last kufa, Reb Shlema Lawrence came to visit him, and. He saw that he was very tired. He says, Rashiv, you're very tired. Why don't you rest? He says, I don't have time to rest. He's, why don't I have time? Well, he says, why don't you have time to rest? He, so he first, he said, equip. And he says, because everyone wants to come to visit me. I want to remove my illness. So the Gomorrah says that a, if a person comes, he removes 60th of the chayla. So the, of the machla. So therefore the 60 people coming to visit me, I can't, I can't sleep. So he says, well, you should go to sleep at night. He says, no, because they are coming to visit me, I have to make up for my, Haftach that he used to have a certain amount of, of, of blot he would learn every day. And if he wouldn't fulfill it during the day, he would learn that night. And it's Yudhua that Lays would finish Shas Bavli and Yushalmi, Shulchan and Rambam every year. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Tremendous, tremendous And he would do this. So they said, but now you're sick, you're not feeling well. What did the doctor say? He says, I don't have to ask the doctors. I already asked the doctor. Who's the doctor? The doctor is the Rambam. The Rambam writes in Hochos Talmud Torah that a person has to learn if he's poor, if he's rich, and if he's sick, or if he's healthy. So the Rambam paskin that a person learns even when a person is sick. Rabbi Yisai, we should be mechazek ourselves. We should realize that the MS is what's going to rise up and through all of the difficulties that we've been going through, and we continue to see that there's a Midas Hadin on K'lai Yisrael, where mavakesh from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we should have mercy upon Kla Yisrael. But we realize, no matter what's happening, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one that's watching over us, and we should make a Chesh and nefesh that what our decisions which we're doing in life, are they the decisions which a person would make in the last day of his life, where a person is closer to the Midas the more we're going to be contemplative of the Midas emes. Then we're going to be able to vanquish all of the enemies, all of the Bilamer rushes, all of the Bullocks. Be'ez Hashem Yzbok, wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos and an easy Tainus, a meaningful Tainus on Sunday. I want to say over a story that has to do with both Rev Rudiman and Rev O'Chanan and my father and Shabila Elah Nishmasam and that she also give us Chizuk? I'll just say over the story very very quickly, and then we'll try to speak some words on the parsha. Um, Rebbe Chanin, who we know was one of the great Rosh Shivas and Talmidim of the Chafetz Chaim, and uh, he was in Europe. In Branovich, Rishivah Branovich came to America in, in the late 1930s in order to raise money for the yeshiva. One of the places that he came to was to Baltimore. And Rav Rudiman Zetzal went around and helped him raising money. In those days, it was very, very hard. It was in, I think, 1938, right before the Nazis, yamak Ram Zechronim were about to enter into into um, into Europe. And there was danger. There was frightening. No one really knew completely the extent of what everything that was going on. And uh, Rabbi Khanum was in America for a long time to raise money. Uh, they asked him, why is he going back? It looked like the situation was dangerous. Maybe he should stay in America. And he says the captain doesn't leave the ship. And he returned and he, we know he died up at Kiddush Hashem. And um, we say he died Kiddush Hashem, that's, that's, that's a, a a big, big statement, what that means. I won't go into the whole story right now. But when he was in Baltimore, he gave a shear in the yeshiva. My father then was a young bacher and he was out yid a shir from a bachanan. And the following Shabbos, uh Ochanan went to Washington, D.C. in order to be there for Shabbos, and he stayed at the home of the Rav of Washington in those days, of Yeshua Clavin, who was my father's Rebbe and Rav and sent my father to Yeshiva. And I am the first Yehoshua to be named after Rabbi Clavin. Rabbi Clavin was one of the great Talmid, and Talmid, Talmid, in Europe, went in Kamenetz. And uh, Rabbi Ochanan was at his house and my father decided it was a great opportunity to be able to spend it with a goddamn so he went to Washington, he went home for Shabbos. And in those days it wasn't like there were many many Yeshiva Bahram. There was just a handful of Yeshiva Bahram. So he felt it was a great opportunity. On Lael Shabbos, after Davening, there was an entourage of people walking Rebuchan back to the house of Rabbi Clavin. My father was amongst them and Rebuchon saw my father who then looked like Yeshiva Bakram. He said to him, Where do you learn? So he says, "I learned in Baltimore in the yeshiva near Israel." So Rav said, you were you at the shir today?" Rav had given a shir on Fridays. My father said, "Yes." So Rav said, this, can, "Can you can you say it over? Can you tell it over to me?" So my father said, eh, "He like he said he, he didn't he didn't review it." Truth is, my father told me afterwards he he had he had. An understanding of the Shia, but he hadn't put in a full-fledged chazara on the Shir. So Bukharan said a line to him, which my father took very, very seriously. He says, Nishka chazit is Nishka learnt. If you didn't chazar, if you didn't review it, then it's really not completely learnt. You don't really have the full flavor. And that went into my father's heart, and he took it as a as a mantra. And that night my father made a mishma and he stayed up the whole night in he chazed over the shir. And the following morning, he went in, the following morning, shakras, after the davening, he went over to Rebbechanan and he says, he, he wants to give say over the shir, so Rebbechanan did not say over the shir. My father said over the entire shir to Rebbechanan. He even added on his own question and the terits. And Rebbechanan was really like nispo that a bocher in America in those days would be able to retain and to be able to learn in such a level and the following Sunday, after Shabbos, he met Rav Ruderman. He told Rav Ruderman, you should know that you have nothing to be ashamed of, that you have Talmidim that you're creating here in America, just like the greatest Talmid HaChachamim in in in, 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 Litta, in in all the yeshivas in Lita." And that was a great compliment. This story I heard over from a few Talmidim of Ner Yisrael. And they told me that the Rashiva used to use it Many, many times he would tell my father to say over the sheer in front of the Bokram, say over the sheer from Mochanan. My father was able to say over verbatim. Nadim was able to say over verbatim a few years later, but literally 40 or 50 years later when my father was sick in a the hospital, there was a Talmud Chochon that was there who wanted to be mechasek, my father, and he said to my father, Rabbi Yaakov, say, over the shir from Rebbe my father said it over and gave chizuk, gave chizuk to the, to the person, gave chizuk to my father. Rabbi Yisai, these are some of the lessons that I heard about who these people were, great, great tzaddikim, Rav Reb Rudiman, Rebuchanan, my late father, they dedicated their lives to Torah, and they should. it should be in the ilu and and it should give us chizuk, that we should recognize, no matter what's happening in the world, that we should recognize we have the Torah where the Am HaTorah and the learning of the Torah and the keeping of the Torah is what is going to bring us Gulas and Yeshuas. We quickly want to jump into something uh, in the Parsha. I always had this question, number one, as I saw in the Swarm brought down the to Parsha's bullock, that how could it be that, that uh, we name a Parsha after after a, a, a Russia, a Sena Yisrael, we know there's a parasha called Parashas Yisrael, but that was a person that was a benefact, a person that that, that supported Klai Yisrael. Here we're giving a parsha over parsha's Balak, Parsha's Balak over a person that wanted to curse us, that wanted to destroy us. So I saw, they bring down the Svarim, but Mayor and says that the truth is, Halachahi Eiseb son of Yaakov. Halachahi, the halachah is, Eiseb really, really hates Yaakov. But many, many times, they put it into the guise. They don't necessarily express it in public. They hide it. They hide it from the Jews. But really, inside, they really have a great hatred for us. But Balak was different. Balak, he pronounced it. He, there's a whole parish that speaks about how he went, and he wasn't an echad bepev, echad belev. He said exactly what he's feeling. To a certain extent, that's considered... A good guy, someone who expresses specifically his hatred. At least we know where we're standing, and therefore the Torah finds it fitting to name a parsha after Parshas Balak. But one of the questions that always was uh, astounded me is that when we speak about Bilam, Bilam who was the sorcerer, Bilam who was the navi that Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave him the power to have nevua, mamash like Moshe Rabbeinu. And he wanted to curse and three times. He ends up, in the end of the day, blessing Kla'a Yisrael. And one of the blessings is the the bracha, which we the blessing which we have in the Siddur, which is implanted within us, which is Matovu Alecha Yaakov Mishkin Yisrael. It speaks about how good are the are the the tents of Yaakov Mishkin Hosecha Yisrael, which really speaks about. Chlal Yisrael and the Beis HaKnesses and the Beis HaMedrish. Rashi says that that we see the tents are not, are not um, um, facing each other. We have what's called sneers. But how could it be that we would take a line from uh, uh, Russia and implant it into us? And why is it that that is considered an exemplar, uh, uh, an exemplary statement that we would use in our nusuch for daire dairus. I saw an interesting vort, uh, from Rav Schwab's Zatzal, which gave me a little bit of a hint to a possible answer. The Targum Yonason says, on the Pasik Va Yishlach Malachim El Abilim Ben Baor Pisaira, so he says the words, Vishadar Izgadun Lavas Lovan Harami hub'ilam." He tells us an interesting thing. B- Bilam was really Lavan Arami. It's really an amazing thing. How could it be that Lavan, who lived so many, so many years beforehand, uh, ended up being B- uh, B- Bilam? Uh, that he lived so long, he ended up being Bilam. We know that Bilam, really, according to the Gemara and Sanhedrin, only lived for thirty-three or thirty-four years. So the most of the Mefarshim say that B- Bilam was a Gilgal of Lavan Arami. He was a uh, yeah. It was a Gilgal. And uh, there was a lot of similarities to him, because um, Lavan also was someone who hid his hid his hatred for Klal Yisrael. Okay, and um, we find in Parshas Vayetze it says, "Vayovay Elokim el Lavan arami A came to Lavan at nighttime. And he says, We know by the episode when Yaakov Avinu is finally about to leave Lavan. He's about to leave with his daughters. So, HaKadosh Baruch Hu warns him, Do not speak bad to Yaakov Avinu. And immediately it says that Lavan met up with Yaakov. He starts berating him. You stole away my children like like captives. And you you stole from me. And he says, you know what? If I if I could, I would do something bad to you. And then we know he went to the different tents and he looked for the Kalim. So what happened was he was warned by HaKadosh that you shouldn't say anything bad to Yaakov. And then he went against HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What did he do? He spoke harshly against it. So it could very well be that that's the Pshad HaKadosh put him into the Gilgal of Bilam, And Bilam also wanted to curse Kalah Yisrael. But what did he end up doing? He ended up blessing them because I really cannot, I really cannot go against the dictates of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. What do we see from this? See from this an insight. The way I look at it is that really we know that Bilam really wanted to curse Klays, but he was forced. Hakadosh Baruch Hu literally took away his power of cursing, and he that was a tikkun for what he did to Yaakov Avinu. So it could very well be what we see from over here is, is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was the one that implanted within Bilaam's mouth to say, Matov Yaakov Mishkin And because HaKadosh Baruch Hu implanted into it, and it's really showing us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one that decides what is going to come out of even a person's mouth who wanted to curse us. But in the end of the day, it's going to be a blessing for Kla Yisrael. So therefore, that blessing of Kala is really HaKadosh Baruch blessing of Kala And Bilam was only the conduit in order to bring it out as a tikkun for what he tried to do to Yaakov Avinu when he was loving. So here, this could very well be an impetus for all of us to understand. You know, we're living in a time where it looks like things are dismal, where things are difficult and they are difficult. You can't take away from the fact that there are difficulties but we should realize everything is in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch We want to give Shevach Vahidoya to the Rabbi. We want to thank him. Matovu Alecha Yisrael. There is nothing greater than the Ohel of Yaakov, the tents of Yaakov. We should be Zoycha be able to enter into them fully. We should be Zoycha to enter into the big Mishkan HaSecha Yisrael, into the Binyan Beis Hamik Meher Yameinu. We want to wish everybody a wonderful a wonderful Shabbos we should be the Amen. Have a good Shabbos. Listening to this foundation's podcast production. If you like today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. Thank you and have a wonderful day.